0: Sebastian Terry is an inspirational keynote speaker, best-selling author, TV host, and founder of the 100 Things Movement.
1: I just got a phone call from a friend back home, and he told me that, yeah, one of my close childhood friends, a guy called Chris, had passed away. And I remember thinking, well, if this was my last day on Earth, would I be able to look back and smile, knowing that I had done everything I could to be the best version of myself? I just realized instantly that I would want to change everything.
0: For over a decade, Sebastian has been chasing down the goals on his list and teaching others how to do the same. For marrying a stranger in Vegas and delivering a baby to living on a deserted island for one week and even helping a quadriplegic man complete a half marathon by pushing him.
1: After I got to meet him, he or his carer told me that he'd always wanted to complete a half marathon and just needed someone to push him. And he asked me, and so I pushed him in this half marathon. And that fundamentally changed
0: my life. Sebastian's story has been turned into a best-selling book, his own reality show, and renowned keynote speaker that has inspired millions of people around the world. The impact of time and experience has helped shape Sebastian's journey from the pursuit of fun and exciting life goals to the realization that these strategies transfer to the mechanics of organizational health.
1: I am realizing, and my list is now starting to reflect it, that the connection piece is really important. I've connected with millions of people along the way. It's been phenomenal. But the deep relationships are, are, are something that can be hard to nurture along the way.
0: This podcast Is here to offer you the tools and strategies that you need to level up your life as a man in today's world. Sebastian, you've achieved so much in your life. And uh, there's a whole list of um, associations with your name and organizations associated with your name. And you've done a lot of talks, TED Talks. You've been on media you've got your own show however i don't believe it's always been that way or you haven't always been as successful or perhaps even happy within yourself and i'm curious to know what was the experience that became the catalyst for change in your life to change the direction of your life great question
1: so it is interesting because i suppose now as you say there's you know uh, th- this story my story 100 things has become really popular and, and is you know it's been turned into shows and books and you know as you say partnerships with organizations and what have you uh and, and it you know i've got to say i'm really happy and so stoked with what it's become this this big communal thing where a lot of people are leading better lives but certainly it started you know like many of our stories in a place where it wasn't quite like that uh i you know had led a, a pretty standard mundane, I suppose, life for me um, to a degree. Uh, I just, it, it, it wasn't that it was mundane. It was just, I never gave it any thought. And I was just drifting along and finished high school. I had no idea really what I wanted to do when and got a degree. Cause I was told to, and so I got a degree and then I went traveling around the world, uh, backpacking, like a lot of us do a lot of Australians, a lot of Irish people uh, do. I met plenty of Irish people, by the way. I'm still convinced they're some of the friendliest in the world. And anyway, I ended up being in Canada uh, at the age of 25. And in the middle of the night, whilst traveling, I just got a phone call from a friend back home. And he told me that, yeah, my uh, one of my close childhood friends, a guy called Chris, had passed away. And I went to school with Chris. I, you know, as you might know, I, I played rugby with him and I surfed with him and drank beers with him. And for me, it was obviously an awful experience, not just for me, but for the, you know, obviously his family and friends and the whole community of the Northern beaches in Sydney, where I'm from. And it acted as a point of reflection, I suppose, or to use your word, this catalyst point where I just actually took stock of where I was at for the first time and just thought, how am I doing? I looked at Chris's life and he lived a really good life. It was very values-based, loved his friends and his family and team sport and having fun. And rightly or wrongly by anyone else's code, he was really happy the way he lived. And then I turned that question on myself at 25 in Canada. I was traveling. I had a degree, what have you. And I was like, Oh, I don't even know who I am. I've got no idea who I am. I, I don't know what my values are. I don't have any meaningful goals. I don't know what direction I want to go in. I don't know what lights me up on the inside. I was really just drifting. And I remember thinking, well, if this was my last day on earth, would I be able to look back and smile knowing that I'd done everything I could to be the best version of myself and I just realized instantly that I would want to change everything. I wasn't happy. Wasn't happy, and that was the moment I decided to take stock of how I was living and make a change. And that came, of course, by way of a, a bucket list,
0: if you will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you start writing your list, but it it didn't change very suddenly for you, though, did? It? Like it wasn't it wasn't a matter of that happened and the next day you got up and you got after it. No.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, so I speak on stages about this all the time and I, and I don't talk about this part because it sort of lengthens out the story but too, too much. But yeah, what happened was I flew the next day or maybe two days later to Las Vegas and uh, to check off the first item from this list I created. So I created this. I thought if I put a list of things that are going to make me smile on a piece of paper, I'll live a better life. I'll be happier. So I had this list, 100 things. Flew to Las Vegas a few days later, married a stranger in Las Vegas. One of the first things I did for my list. And it was epic for so many reasons. Weird story, wonderful time. But I just did something that I'd always wanted to do. I don't know why I'd always wanted to do it, but I did. And I felt great. Flew back to Australia, buoyed and full of life. And then I thought, "Ah, I'm probably going to have to like just conform back to society. So then I flew back to Australia because I thought, well, I'll probably have to like, I don't know, just... Do the normal thing again, get a job, what have you? And I started an events company, uh, an inflatable movie screen business with a friend, and I forgot about my list entirely. And so for the next two and a half years, it's just paid off, paid off, and worked towards trying to make this business successful. But I, again, it wasn't really a choice; I just did it because the opportunity got put up in front of me. And uh, and yeah, I uh, two and a half years later, I remember just being dreadfully unhappy, and I burst out crying in in a, in a car one night. I I just came from nowhere and I thought, what on earth is this? And I realized that uh, I'd forgotten about this list, you know, this dream, this hope of trying to be better in life. And so that was actually the point where I said, right, as soon as we pay off the business, I'm out of here. And that's when I committed to my list fully without care of where it went, other than me just trying to pursue each item.
0: So that ultimately became the catalyst.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's, have you ever heard of the hero's journey by Joseph Campbell?
0: I've heard of it. I haven't read the book yet. It's definitely on my list, but I'm familiar with the story. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of that, you know, I think it suggests that there are perhaps 12 points to becoming a hero whatever your definition of that is. And, you know, it starts with a spark of sort of inspiration, if you will call to action, but then you let it go, you forget about it, but then something else happens and then you go, this is the moment I need to do. And that's kind of what that story did. And I Mm -hmm. then decided to fly back to the U S to start checking other things off my list. And then I was in, you know, this unknown territory. And of course you could look all the way through the other steps. And, you know, I, I would say that I've certainly followed those. But yeah, it was, there was a few points, uh, there were a few, you know, really important points, which all acted as catalysts, Mm -hmm. spark of inspiration through the loss of my friend. Um, uh, I, I failed to really use that momentum. I went back and got a job and started a a company and then I broke down and I was really unhappy and I thought, this is it. So that was sort of the final thing Mm -hmm. that pushed me over the edge. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a very familiar approach for most people, isn't it? I mean, we all lose people in our lives, close ones in our lives and it it certainly puts things in perspective for us and we think, yeah, you know, what time is so limited and, you know, I only have a certain amount of opportunities in my life and, yeah, you think about it, but we rarely act on it then and I'm very curious as to what do you feel differentiated your approach from thinking about it and, obviously, you took stock of your life, but you acted on it and a lot of people get caught there
1: yeah i think i mean i think anyone who does take that step it's the same sort of mechanism and, and, mind, and mind the process within the mind for me i remember specifically going i'm very unhappy i want to be happier how do i do that to me it was a list uh and i mean ultimately i i remember it was it, it hit me so clearly when i broke down in the back of this cab and i was crying or whatever i thought what's going on here and i and i remember thinking i've got this list if I just put all my energy that I'm putting into work, work right now, I was on there every day. I was running this business that I didn't enjoy. If I just like refocus that energy into my list. And I, I had actually had a, a map on the wall at the time of all my goals on a, on a world map. And I, and I thought if I just put it into that and I just kept on looking at it the whole day over one day, I just kept on looking at it. I just remember thinking, Oh, I'd be unstoppable. I'd be happy. If I committed to being happy, I'd be happy. And that was it. So I, I just did. And it didn't make any sense to anyone else. My best friend at the time, well, no, it my best friend still. Um, and my business partner at the time, uh, he said, what on earth are you doing? It doesn't make any sense. My family even had, you know, it didn't make sense. Why would anyone back then people weren't sort of doing bucket lists. I think now there's a lot more people doing that stuff. And, um but yeah it didn't make any sense and I, and I just did it and you know that feeling and i'm sure you know, anyone listening has had that inner feeling before oh that makes sense to me i should just do it and some of us do and some of us don't and i just decided to like a lot of other people do but unfortunately more people don't you know i think at the end of the day we regret the things that we didn't do much more than the things that we did do i've i have i have actually got a, a good friend of mine Ben Nempton, who's also got an incredible list of a hundred things, um, and I, you know, I, he said something to the effect of, "We in the short term we regret the things that we do, in the long term we regret the things that we don't do," and and I, yeah, I, I'm just so happy that I did all that trigger, and as soon as I did, I felt good, and suddenly there was a, a flow, if you yeah. will, of things that just made sense and linked. Do you know what I mean?
0: Of course. You say that you wanted to start doing things that will make you happier. What did that mean for you?
1: I just wanted to feel good. I mean, that's it. I just wanted to feel good. And I would argue that that, everyone does. Perhaps that is the meaning of life, to feel good. I mean, it's not profound. I just wanted to feel good. And I think you can do that as people you know, in many ways, I think in fact, takes many ways. I don't think you just start doing one thing and you're happy or happier. I think there's professional endeavor, there's personal endeavor, there's key relationships, there's travel adventure, creativity, giving back, volunteering, as an example. There's a, actually, as as I would teach it, because as you say, this has now moved on with 13 years down the track and fortunate to talk to companies about happiness and purpose and connection. So we actually, if you imagine a wheel and the spokes on that wheel give it structure, and now imagine that, that wheel represents your life. What what are the things, what are the spokes that give your life structure? Without the spokes, the wheel would crumble. Of course, we want all the spokes to be strong. What what are yours? And, and we have found that over two years of doing corporate wellness, training, staff development, there's typically 12 common commonly used spokes. You don't need to have all 12. We find actually on average people have between seven and eight, but the spokes are just to rattle off a few, as I said, key relationships, impact, giving back, financial security, professional development, slash career, personal development, la-da-da. If you know what your spokes are, call it seven spokes. Um, that's actually the, the, the key to feeling good, making sure that each one of those is activated. Now, of course, it's impossible if you were to rate your spokes. We've never really heard of anyone who has all their spokes at a 10 myself included, but if you know what they are and some are really strong, you can then just sort of focus over here to do this thing with your family, or it could be uh, creativity go over there. So it's just important that the foundation to a meaningful list is understanding what your core aspects of your life are, uh, i.e. <laughs> your, your spokes. Mm. And, and I also, to, I, I, your previous question, I, I also wanted to say, um, this idea of loss is it's so interesting. Um, you know, this, these catalyst moments and I feel that, We've all gone through COVID being the most, you know, common example recently. We've all gone through that as individuals, as as companies, as families, as communities. And you often hear, we often hear in our societies, is darker moments, whether it's something quite macro like that or something very personal, being diagnosed with an illness, losing someone close to you, going through a traumatic relationship or job transition or job loss. Those people who go through that are the ones that go and do the things you know, you hear of that person who's gone through something pretty bad and they come out the other end and they climb the mountain, write the book, propose, say, I'm sorry, say, I love you, learn to play trombone. Um, and I think, cause I, I love to think about this stuff. What is it about those moments, those dark moments that allow these people to do something great? And for me, the commonality is, is they, the, the adversity always gifts us with perspective in the in the short term. It's, oh my god, there's. Adversity, whatever that is, a loss of something, a diagnosis or whatever. But if you take a step back, that can be used for something really special. Um, and that's what I keep seeing uh, to be common in the people that we hear go and do those things. They use those moments as a springboard, as a catalyst. And so, yeah, I just wanted to mention that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I think the loss also exposes something within ourselves too, doesn't it? That we can use as an opportunity to move forward. So such as a breakup, such as a loss, such as losing a job, for example, it's exposing some sort of vulnerabilities or insecurities you have within yourself You say, okay, what's this associated to? Is this associated to some sort of fear that I need to take ownership of? Okay. This is something I need to work on in order to improve my situation going forward. So there's a, there's an exposure there as well. It brings something to the surface that you can then either use or, potentially be used by it so that's the choice you have i believe
1: yeah absolutely
0: from my own experience too so yes and what you're talking about there in terms of the spokes the wheel it sounds like a fulfillment list or a list of fulfillments that's living in line with your values so it's establishing who or what you value in life and then living in line with those in order to become happier is that what you believe in
1: yeah i because i think that the 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 term that's been coined is bucket list. And with that, we think jumping out of a plane, climbing a mountain. Uh, and it's not necessarily that. You know, We take a lot of people through that we have eight steps for people to create and activate their lists. And often the goals on there are things like being kinder to myself. Th- that is a very valid and popular bucket list item, um, showing up for my family more. Uh, creating better boundaries in my life, and so yeah, they're, they're all across the board. Like again, typically we think like that that movie with Jack Nicholas, Morgan Freeman, you know, the Bucket List. They're all doing crazy things, and and you know, admittedly, on my list, I think I started getting um, interest from people because of the crazy things on my list. But that's not what this is really about. This is about yeah, feeling good in, in various ways. Um, it's, it doesn't have to be externally seen, but my, my list is just happens to be, but doesn't mean anyone else's should be that way. It can be, but it, it's 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 a very personal thing. It's a relevant, uh, it's a relative concept, you know, for one person, perhaps, I mean, for example, when I started this 13 years ago, I, I had lived a very sheltered lifestyle. I felt that I didn't know anything and I just wanted to experience a lot of stuff. So I was I walked across France and I skydived naked and I delivered a baby and I did stand up comedy, you know, all these like stuff that's, you know, adrenaline seeking in a sense, but also very explorative. Now it's not so much that it's much more about connection with people, um, mastery of goals rather than these just one off things. Neither is right or wrong. And and, and a list and goals aren't right or wrong unless they just don't represent where you are in, in, in your life. So my list has changed and morphed and and so should everyone's.
0: Mm. Out of the list, which one has had the biggest impact on your life?
1: Helping somebody. Number 26, help a stranger. Uh, I met a guy called Mark in, in Australia. He'd seen me on TV, give an interview about this. And then he sent a list of 150 things on his list. And he basically said, would you come to Melbourne and shave my head? So I shaved his head. And in the process, got to know Mark, of course, and he was a quadriplegic. Uh, He wasn't always that way, completely able-bodied until he was backpacking through Europe in his mid-20s and got bitten by a tick and then contracted Lyme disease. Uh, So he lost the ability to speak, to move the muscle in his body, needs a ventilator to stay up at night. Sorry, not just stay up at night, but stay alive. Uh, 24 hour care team, it is hectic. It's really, you know, it's it's really sad and and it just is. Anyway, after I got to meet him, he or his carer told me that he'd always wanted to, to complete a half marathon and just needed someone to push him. And he asked me. And so I pushed him at, in this half marathon. And that fundamentally changed my life, my my view on connecting with other people. It changed what a hundred things was a hundred things. until that point had been this kind of selfish journey that people tuned into, Oh, that guy's doing something pretty cool or weird or exciting. Now it just opened up this opportunity for people to collaborate and help each other out. And, and that's sort of the direction we're going. Um, You know, we think that goal setting and goal striving are crucial for individual growth. And, you know, I, I can only use myself as the example. That's what's happened to me, but because I shared my goals, people came in and helped me out. It turns out I'm not special. I'm not particularly brave or, or lucky either. Um, I'm able to do all the things I've done for my list because I was helped. When you share a goal, it opens up opportunities for others to, to, to collaborate. So we developed a community of people, of, full of people who are setting goals, striving for their goals and sharing their goals. And we've seen that individual growth leads to this collective sense of evolution and, 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 and success, if you will, isn't measured by the number of things that I do or the number of things that you do, but it should be measured by the number of things that we do together whether I help you or you help me or anyone within this community. And so that profoundly changed the direction of a hundred things and and still it is today. In fact, I, funnily enough, just before this podcast, I just got a message from Mark um, and I actually haven't spoken to him in a a while, but yeah, we've become friends. Isn't that what this is all about?
0: You know, community connection. Yeah. The things that are so lacking in today's world as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. we've We've lost that sense of each other and the importance of this connection. Yeah. I agree. It's time to bring it back. And that's. it, it sounds like, was it quite a selfish a selfish attitude or a selfish approach that you had with the list until you met Mark and then it became a lot more selfless?
1: Yeah, but, but I also think that the, the, there's such an importance um, of, of sort of emphasizing the necessity of doing things to yourself we're not given permission necessarily to think about ourselves. We're always told from a young age, do this, do this, do this, do this, finish high school, get a degree, go and get a number of jobs, a career, earn money so that you can do this and retire and then, you know, die, which is not wrong, but it's, we're always generally following the, the the blueprint. Um, I think that there's opportunity to to think externally to that. I, I think that unless you, you know, that I, I, when you're on a plane they'll say an oxygen mask will fall from the ceiling put yours on first before helping anyone else including your children that's what they will say then help other people and it's true it's it's you know w- w- the word selfish is given too much power it's a very negative thing you're selfish that's a huge insult you have to be selfish you have to be selfish in a healthy way so that you can actually be selfish selfless sorry uh, you have, it's, it's all very nice that you can go out there and do everything for anyone else, for everyone else, but unless you've got your oxygen mask on, you're going to last so much. So ultimately it's a balance. You know, I think as people were either too, in my experience, I've seen people who are only selfish or who are only selfless. You have to, they have to be combined. One leads to the other. And essentially it's a, it's a circle.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you have a certain structure in place in your life that allows you to be self- fish and therefore selfless?
1: It's my list. Yeah. My, the, my, my list is my vehicle for all of that stuff. And I, I'd argue it's a vehicle for anyone who chooses to put a list together. That is the space. It's a reminder of the things that are important to us based remembering on these spokes. Mm-hmm. Your list is based on I, I, your core aspects. So if you're, you know, impact volunteering, you think about family, family, for example, of course, everyone thinks about family. That's a very selfless thing. You know, I, you care for your parents, you care for your siblings, you care for your extended family, your, your your spouse, whoever it might be. So there are goals on your list which are, you know, credited to them. But the thing about being a parent, you know, look, that being a very common one, of course, everything you do is for your children or a lot of the things you do for your children. But on that same list are personal things. I want to write the book or I want to go into the, the shed uh, once a week uh, and, uh, make boxes, uh, you know, like wh- whatever, like, so yes, my vehicle is, is, is my list. Um, there are selfish things on there, which mean, and will do nothing for anyone else other than me, but there are also things on there like helping people, uh, which is of course for other people. Yeah.
0: So if you were to go back and revisit yourself 13 years ago and say, if we didn't have this catalyst or this thing to happen in your life because there's somebody out there right now that's perhaps in a situation where they're drifting through life and aimlessly through life i know many men are for sure what would you say to your younger self your younger sebastian in that moment because there's a younger sebastian out there right now that needs some sort of nugget or some sort of incentive to make that move in his life
1: such a great question you don't need an awful moment in your life to, to be able to make a change. Unfortunately, that's typically what happens. Like we said, someone dying close to us, being diagnosed with a new illness, et cetera, et cetera. there's anyone out there, and I'm pretty sure this is everyone, who's ever had a thought, there is something else for me there and I'd like to explore it, but hasn't, stop everything right now and just think about what that is. Just think about it. It's a, it's a personal thing. It's an inside job, so to speak. Just explore what that is. You don't have to tell anyone at this point, but just think about what that is. Give yourself permission because no one else will. So press pause, take a step back, think about where you've come from. You can't change any of that, but how have you been showing up? How did you get here? Where are you right now? Are you happy? Are you proud? Are you performing in the various ways that you, whatever it is you do with your life? If you keep going in this direction, will it take you to a place you feel good? If the answer is yes, great. Maybe you don't need to change that much. Go back in, press play. But if you think right now in this moment, huh, there is something else out there and I need to make a change, whether that's one degree or 180 degrees, now is the time. Now Now's the time. It has to happen and it is on us. We are radically accountable for what we do in our lives. So my advice to this younger version of me or to anyone who's listening who may feel in a similar place to where I was, which is, I'm frustrated, I don't feel good. I think there's something better out there for me. Give yourself permission to think about what that might be. You don't have to be specific. You don't have to know exactly what it is. I'm not asking for anyone to say, well, what's your purpose in life? Just what do you think would make you feel better? Then I think that, that, you know, once you have a clearer idea on that, share that with somebody. This, this, This idea of accountability is so important um, everyone would like to be able to say, I did this all myself just through thought and action. I did it all myself, but that's not, as you know, it's not how things work. It's through people. I can look back at my life, uh, and the things I've done with a hundred things. And it's all, all been inter interlaced with conversation I've had with other people or help I've received from other people, uh, or ongoing friendships I've had with people. And, and, And that's accountability. Um, recently Research out of Harvard actually says that if you share your goal, a specific goal with somebody once, you're 62% more likely to achieve it. If you have an accountability buddy, somebody who you're able to share that goal with and your progress with over an extended period of time, you're 95% more likely to achieve the goal. So again, advice to my younger self or anyone who may feel they may have been in or are in a similar situation, permission to think about what might be a better move for you a particular goal or a general thing in life, uh, and then share it with someone who you trust, who you love, who is supportive. um, And then just see where that goes. I mean, of course, actions are very vital part of this. Um, You know, moving maybe a little bit too granular here, but if you have a particular goal that you want, it's very important to break that down into well, what's the next step or the first step. What is that? What is that? And it's often not complicated for me. It was a Google often it was making a phone call or sending an email What's that next step? Do it. Get an accountability buddy and then just commit you know, for an amount of time, an yeah. hour, a, a day, a week, etc.
0: Yeah, people get overwhelmed and underact, don't they? I mean, they set the goal but then they're thinking, oh, fuck, that's, that's just too much work. Yeah. So it's to break it down yeah. into small manageable pieces and just work on that. Many. Yeah.
1: I, I think if anyone looks back at anything they've ever done in their life and you go all the way back to the very first thing, the very first thing that you did, it's always a tiny, tiny act. Usually um, again, for me, of all the things I've done on my li- I mean, you know uh, visiting an inmate on death row seems quite wacky and weird and bizarre and outrageous to many people. And I'm often asked, well, how did that even happen? Well after I identified that I wanted to speak to somebody on death row I just thought, well, how would I do that? And I Googled it and I just Googled death row pen pals. Anybody could do that right now. And you are met with multiple websites, databases of people uh, from inside with their direct addresses. And I just saw, I read through a bunch of profiles. I picked one guy called James and he had an address. So I just got a piece of paper and a pen and just wrote him a letter and then sent it. And it all seemed so weird. Because it's it's sort of out of the box, right? You when you start doing these things that you really want to do, it feels different, especially if you're coming from a place of having not been, you know, having not sort of followed your dreams for a while. And then I got a response from him. A guy in death row wrote a letter to me as a response. And then it suddenly doesn't make, um, it it doesn't sound as bizarre as perhaps it did to you, because you see that there's a ripple effect, there's a there's a reaction. So yeah, it's all about making that first step.
0: I know you spoke to this. This guy in that role for over five hours. What were some of the, or maybe was one of the biggest takeaways that you took from that conversation?
1: Uh, freedom, to be completely honest. Yeah, I spoke to him for, as you say, five five and a half hours through a you know reinforced glass and bars. It was you know with a telephone on my my side and his side just off a movie, right? Uh, and he had, of course, quite a what would you call it? I mean, a crazy story, let's say, and a lifestyle in general. And and my, my whole reason for wanting to, to do this was I just wanted to chat to someone who had had not only a completely different life to me, but somebody who was in a completely different situation currently to me. And, of course, that was that was James or J-Lock, as, as he wanted to be called. So, yeah, uh, we chatted for a while. And after just sort of sharing back and forth, I guess I guess two things. One was he kept referring to all these girlfriends he had these like pen pal girlfriends. And I mean, those stories are really funny in themselves, but relationships are really important. We all want to feel connected to something, even when you're in a, a hole in the ground for 24 hours a day. And it's really important still. That's one thing. But separately to that, I remember leaving, getting out, and it was a boiling hot day in in Oklahoma, a small town called McAllister. And I got to uh, my car that I'd rented in the, in the parking lot. And I just took off my shirt, And I took my jeans off. I was in a pair of underwear. I know how weird this sounds, but I I was just appreciating my freedom, my ability to walk outside. I could have gotten that car and driven anywhere. And that was astounding to me in that moment, having just spoken to a guy who, as I said, lives lives five levels underground uh, and isn't allowed out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That is a perspective shift for sure.
1: Because we all think we're caught in these boxes. A lot of people feel, I'm sure, like J-Lock does. We feel trapped. I can't do this because of that. I can't go there because of this or them. Or, and it, it's pure, like, mental construct. The reality is anybody right now could make a huge, a, a meaningful change in their life through one decision, and we tend not to even though we know many of us that that decision is a good one for us, we don't and we feel trapped, but we're not, we're absolutely not. We're we're one decision away from changing our lives. And, and, and also I I read this book, uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear recently. I don't, have you read that? Yeah. And I, I haven't actually quoted this before, but correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure he says something to the effect of radical change. Oh no. Meaningful change doesn't need radical change. Mm -hmm.
0: Is that, did that, that was and from that, there, right? Was, that rings a bell. It's a couple of years since I, since I read it, but yeah. Yeah,
1: but, but meaning, so people might look at my life again, just as an example and go, wow, that's so interesting. That guy's pursuing his list. He's out there doing all these things. Uh, what, how crazy I could never do that. Yes, you could. You could very simply come up with one goal that's meaningful to you and then send an email or Google and your life will change, and it's addictive as well. I mean, this is the other thing: when you start doing things that you really enjoy, serotonin and dopamine get released into your body. I'm sure you know this; many people do. But that, you know, loosely, they're called pleasure chemicals. They make us feel good. They make us feel motivated. It's, it's actually quite from the, from the um, dopamine point of view, it's a very addictive feeling. You feel like you can run through walls. Serotonin again, released when we strive for a goal, make us feel better. They give us confidence. It actually regulates anxiety. It reduces depression. These things, these pleasure chemicals are released, not just when we achieve a goal, but from the moment we set a goal and, and all the way through the goal striving process. So once you make one decision, even if you write down a goal, you'll find that someone will be smiling or at least feeling better internally going, huh, there it is. I see it. And, and so that that's those pleasure chemicals so yeah the more you start doing this stuff the more your life will change yeah.
0: what's your approach right now what the what the bucket list or what the list of 100 things you're 13 years in so is the matter that you're you've you've let's 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 use this analogy of of mountains you've you've climbed a high mountain you've got to the point got to the top of that one you go okay i've got here now i'm going to cl- climb a higher mountain and you claim that one and you move on to the next higher one or is the matter that you're at the top of the mountain and now you're bringing other people to the top with you
1: oh i like that one maybe it could be both you know I, I i feel that we all have our mountain you know uh and i i think it's important that we each scale or start scaling that mountain before we start thinking of bringing other people along I do see that a lot, actually. I, 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 I do, uh, I don't know if I want to get into this too much, but yeah, I do see people wanting to, Hey, I want to, I want to help and inspire and motivate people. And, uh, um, before they've sort of climbed their mountain and I, and I just think it has to be more selfish first. The, the, the idea of helping all these other people is fantastic. But you need you need to be on your mountain foot. You need to be up at the top or, you know, getting there. Yeah. Uh, and then I love the idea of, of course, what you say, there are other mountains, you realize there are other peaks, you know, et cetera. Um, but once you're at a point, you can start showing and guiding people up. And, and that's very much what 100 Things is now. It started off as one person, me, with a list. You know, we now have this community of people who all have their own mountains. They're identifying which peaks they want to get to. And, you know, we're offering a bit of a blueprint for people to, 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 get there. You know, there are, there are eight steps uh, to um, creating a list and executing it as we see it. Uh, step one is giving yourself permission. Again, I, I can't go on about that enough. Just give yourself permission, be where you are right now. Think about where you'd like to be. Give yourself permission to think about that. Reflect on your life. Where have you been in our court? Not to give too much away, but we we have a eulogy section where people write their eulogies and it's a profound, experience for a lot of people because it makes you realize what the core aspects to your life are. Family, friendships, uh, did I express myself? Did I dream? Did I follow my, you know, and right or wrong, good or bad, it's, it's a bit of a judgment on, on yourself, which is needed because you need to know A, what your core aspects are, but also have you been true to them? So anyway, so there's reflection. Step three is then the spokes, your wheel of life, helping to identify what they are. Step four, only at step four do we actually get people to write their lists. And then step five, six, seven, and eight is using a process that I've used for a long time um, and my business partner, Todd Duncan, we've sort of developed, uh, together of going through the process of doing it, choosing an item, the best way to create an action plan, the best way to action that using yourself and others as accountability, uh, and then turning that into a habit step eight. So yeah, that's, I think I've, I mean, look, I've, I've climbed my own little mountain. Uh, it doesn't mean to say it's the greatest mountain in the world, but I feel good for being there. And yeah, the, the journey is absolutely, as you say, to, to bring other people along.
0: Yeah. Incredible. It's, is there anything that you'd reflect back on when you started this journey and think, okay, you sacrificed something that you wish you didn't sacrifice that? But... Hmm.
1: God, good question. Uh I think that I think you have to make sacrifices to or it, it's it's a very common thing when you choose to do something, you're you're choosing not to do other things. So I think sacrifice is always an innate part of of goal setting and going for something. But my I I, I wouldn't change anything. I suppose one thing was, uh, you know, when my, my journey has been quite solo. You know, I, I left on my twenty eighth birthday. I'm forty one now, uh, and I'm I'm realizing, and you know, my list is now starting to reflect it that the connection piece is really important. I've connected with you know millions of people along the way. It's been phenomenal. Um, but the deep relationships, uh, uh, are something that, uh, can be hard to nurture along the way. And I think anyone who like, I may, maybe this resonates with you too. Um, you know, anyone who starts a business commits to something, whether it's a bucket list or something completely different, you know, whatever it might be traveling, the, the, the shallow relationships are, are, are fine and, and needed at times too, of course, but, the deeper ones are the things that give life longevity and, uh, you know, dare I say purpose and allow, allow us to live longer, that, that sense of community. Um, and so, yeah, I, you know, I I think that's something that I'm, I'm just now realizing mm-hmm. more and more, you know? Um, so it's not that I sacrificed that in the first place. Cause I think ultimately to do my list, I couldn't have really stayed entrenched and embedded within many relationships, but um, th- that's something I, I now strive for, you know, depth of conversation, presence in a moment with somebody. Um, yeah. Which is interesting. You know, I do a lot of speaking now and so I'm traveling a lot. I, I, I'm flying to um, a place in Mississippi in a couple of days called Biloxi. Uh, I, I have no idea where this is, but you know, you're on the road a lot. And so one thing, certainly with the speaking community, I've got a lot of very good friends who are fantastic speakers. You know, there, there's a sense of loneliness in there too. So only to say again, you know, we're talking about mental health and you know, uh, for men and women, but yeah, con- connection, relationships, whether they're romantic, business, just social, th- they're very important. They're very important to maintain and nurture.
0: So are you at this point now at 41 years of age that you're beginning to change your approach to relationships and maybe cultivating something out like that in your life or...
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I I've, I'm in LA. I've been here for five years, and I, I now have a very cool community around me. Of people I you know I, I genuinely love and, and respect, and very similar minded. And I have just I'm realizing how important that is. Um, I'm there's less and less so outside of speaking. There's less and less solo travel, um, uh, which which I love. Sometimes I do enjoy. I just went to Paris to france to to practice my french that's on my list i did that solo but i'd be very happy to do that with someone as well um but also you know romantically i'm single i I, the idea of having a family and kids is that that's really exciting to me so i'm addressing that it sort of made my i've got a um sort of like it's not my official list but i have a list of these, these core spokes of my life it's on a whiteboard right next to me here actually uh, and and key relationships is on there. So the idea of nurturing a you know a wonderful, as many of us aspire to, a wonderful romantic relationship with someone where there's deep love and allows us to, all that stuff, that's on there too. And I've never really thought about that until the last sort of one to two years, to be honest.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good, man. And there's, to come off the mountain, so to speak, and to go to the desert island, because I know that's something you've done as well, you spent time alone on a desert island, And we talk about being alone or we talk about loneliness. Well, that's one place where you're going to be tested. So again, on that island, what were some of the biggest learnings you you took from it? Yeah.
1: So, yeah, that was such an amazing experience. So I, through this girl called Marilyn, a stranger who was following my website, uh, her dad owned a resort in New Caledonia. And he said, she mentioned to him that I wanted to, Going to a desert island She arranged it all Behind my back I didn't even know her And then she said Hey I'm a stranger This is what we could do for you So basically The coast guard Who the dad knew Said he could take me out To an island Two hours off the coast 55 kilometers I think it was And just Drop me there for a week And that's what I just said yes So we did it And I was on this island And It's interesting I I was there for seven days By myself And it was Frightening Uh, It wasn't about the survival It wasn't like a Bear Grylls-esque Kind of thing You know Trying to you know, fashion a hammock out of a coconut or, you know, uh, or whatever. It was more about just being alone. And because I, I went to school, straight to university, played a lot of team sports, and I just hadn't been by myself. And so, yeah, in terms of learnings, I'm not sure. I, I feel like the experience itself was was amazing, one of the most memorable things I've done. But being comfortable with yourself, it did make me, you know, introspect on my life a lot. Um, that and being silent for a week, which is on my list too, there was that our minds go so quickly and we feel like there's so much we should be doing. There's so much that we need to keep up with. We still about social media. Um, there was none of that on the Island either a reminder to other people who may have been like, I thought back then you, you sometimes feel you have to keep up with the Joneses. You have to be, you have to check what You don't, you could lose your phone, be out of Wi-Fi, don't have any technology. You could be by yourself and you will be fine. In fact, I'd argue not only be fine, you would be better. It allows you to reset. I've got a really good friend of mine, Jesse Israel. He's a, he's a meditation coach. He's an amazing guy. He does this thing called the big quiet mass meditations. Uh, he's just toured with Oprah just before COVID. Um, and he, every, I think six months takes a week to 10 days by himself somewhere with no technology, just essentially camping and uh he, he, for him and he's someone to, to listen to he says it's the best reset you can give yourself and it you, you become recharged and all that sort of stuff so lesson from the island nothing specific other than an amazing reminder that it's important to switch off it's important to go inside and just see what's there and and it was that i didn't i don't think i i won't say that i came off the island and suddenly i had life figured out or i knew at, at a far deeper level who i was but it's just important to just kind of check in and know that you're doing just
0: fine. Did you use any tools in the island, such as a journal or meditation?
1: I No, I don't meditate so much, although I do want to get into it uh, more. Um, I, I had a GoPro, uh, so I filmed it and I found that I sort of began thinking of this GoPro, almost like a Wilson from, uh, um, <laughs> what's that movie, Castaway with Tom Hanks? Yeah, so that was kind of like my French GoPro. And then I was also finishing my book. And so I was, I was writing as well. So there was like an outlet there. Um, On top of that, I had a machete to cut uh, coconuts. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was a a great experience. It was a great experience. I think everyone should be alone. Ironically at the same time I say everyone should be with, you know, we should be nurturing and developing and dropping into deeper relationships, but I, as you know, it, there's a bit of both. You need to be by yourself to be... Isn't that like this wonderful dichotomy in life? You, you need to be by yourself to be able to be with other people. You know, you need to think about yourself and have selfish goals so that you can be selfless and of to people. There's there's often these sort of... The, the dark and the light, the, the noisy and the quiet, they, they, they go hand in hand, you know?
0: Yeah, that's basically my morning routine is journal, peace, quiet, alone. And that's my... Time to be selfish, so I can then be more selfless for others throughout the day. So it's checking in with myself before I start checking in with everyone else, and to make sure I'm at a good energy level and I've addressed all of my, well, most of my shit before I take on the challenges of the day. And I can. That brings me on to the next question: Is there anything from your list that you now apply to your life on a regular basis that became um. that, that became a habit or became? party routine? Huh.
1: Well, a lot of them were sort of experiential. Let me think. Uh, Ask a good question. I did stand-up comedy and I really like that and I ended up doing that for a little while, which is great. I think, I mean, the whole premise of the list is to feel good and I, and I think, you know, the ultimate, for me, the ultimate sort of sensation is feeling happy, you know, whatever that is. Uh, there's a lot of literature on that, contentment, fulfillment, happiness, etc. Short-term, long-term. But whatever, let's just say all of it. And then I think laughing is an important part of that. That to me is like the physical manifestation of everything. If you're smiling slash laughing, something's good. And so I try and do that in everything I do. Um, from speaking, I you know I, I love I, I love relaying a message that I think might impact someone. Um, but I also love making that person laugh, uh, and I love laughing at other people. Um, so that's I just try and have fun in life. You know, we can take it way too seriously. Um, I, I, I've never quoted anyone for some reason. I've woken up today feeling like quoting everyone. Isn't Oscar Wilde quote? Is it something like "Don't take life too seriously"? No one gets Don't. out of it alive. Or yeah, yeah it, it's so true. And like, I, here's another thing: <laughs> we do take everything so seriously. And it's you know, and I, if we just again just go back to that point, I think it's important. You hear of someone being on their deathbed, and then is often the first time they ever reflect on their life. And and that shouldn't be the case. It shouldn't be the case. There's an Australian palliative care nurse called Bronnie Ware. Um, So she looks after people who are at the end of life uh, and then they pass under her sort of supervision, I suppose. And she wrote a book called Regrets of the Dying. And for anyone who's interested, they should. Have you heard of that book?
0: I've heard of the book. Haven't read it yet, no.
1: So the five most common regrets are, I wish I'd lived a life true to myself, not a life expected from others fair enough. I wish I'd worked less. I wish I'd let myself be happier. I wish I had expressed myself more. And I wish I had stayed in touch uh, with with people, close loved ones, et cetera. And and those five things, I mean, there's so much to learn from them. They're, They're all choices. They're all within our capability. We don't have to wait for anything to enact any of those. I wish I'd lived a life true to myself. That is knowing what you want to do setting a goal a number of goals pursuing them that that are true to you don't do things that other people want or expect you to do i wish i'd let myself be happier that's a choice just letting yourself be allow yourself to smile allow yourself to have fun in this big game that a lot of us take far too seriously expressing myself emotions You you talk about mental health and of course with men it's a big thing um we don't tend to express ourselves and that gets pent up and it can come out in awful ways including suicide we need to express ourselves; otherwise, you feel ah, oh, no one gets me. I'm not, I'm not able to communicate myself. When you become frustrated, as soon as you have that awkward conversation, as soon as you have that bravery to go, this is actually how I feel. You feel better. Um, I wish I'd stayed in touch with with friends, close one, uh, close people to me, loved ones. Of course, that's what we were talking about before: nurturing of relationships, going deeper. This is not a solo game. That movie, um, Into the Wild. Have you seen that? Yeah. What a great movie for anyone who hasn't seen it. And there's a line at the end. I think he writes just, this is about, well, I don't want to give it away, but he writes, um, happiness is best shared. I think that's the quote there. Um, What a beautiful sentiment. And then the other one is, I wish I'd worked less. And And I think this one, it's kind of misinterpreted a lot, you know, it's not that you don't want to work. No one wants to work. We shouldn't be working. It's not that at all. It's just sometimes we put so much effort into this work area that, maybe isn't the right fit for us. You know, it's great to work. I love what I do. If you can call it a job. Um, I love it. Uh, I, uh but I think, and, and, and that's, I would say it's a privilege, but I'd also say that that's an opportunity for everyone to be in that same boat. Um, so yeah, anyway, with all that said, I think we should just be having fun.
0: Yeah, for sure. I wish I lived like that was true to me. but it, 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 it all seems to be tied up in that though, isn't it? I mean, you live a job or you have, you work a job based on someone else's expectations or based on, based on societal standard. You um, don't give yourself permission to express yourself because you're afraid of what someone else may think or say or do and it's most likely linked to a fear of rejection or a fear of being cast out of the crowd. So there's there's maybe three or four of those points tied up in in just living a life that's true to you. I think it all begins there and asking yourself that question. Okay, what am I doing with my life right now and and is it in line with with me yeah. with my values so yes very powerful my man and i wanted to, i was going through your list there earlier and uh, you wanted to I, I was just i was looking if you go to what we'll, we'll have the link down below so you go to the website you'll see all, yeah. the, all the things you've you've done where can all the good people on all the good listeners find you at Uh, well,
1: sebastianterry.com is kind of my speaking website, if you will, 100things.com is where we share and get companies. Uh, that's a a landing page for our staff development stuff, social media. Um, Instagram should be the easiest one. And that's just at Seb 100 things, One Zero Zero things. And yeah, that's it. That's, uh, come find me, say hello. And if I can help anyone in any way, let me know.
0: Definitely go check them out. I'm going to add those links below and any return to UK or Ireland anytime soon?
1: Oh, mate, I, I did a talk, as you say, at the beginning of the year in Dublin, which was great, at a castle that was a hotel. I can't remember the name of that place. Um, castle, no. Uh, it was just on the north side. Anyway, uh, no no plans as such, but I having just done that trip to France, I've committed to doing one France trip every year for, for my French, which is, you know, Uh, could be doing a lot better. But yeah, mate, next time in Ireland, we'd love to catch up with you.
0: Let's do it, man. Thank you. Beauty. All right, thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Warrior Podcast. If this episode has added value to your life, please share this episode on your social media platforms so that others too can gain the insight, information and inspiration that they need in order to move forward in their lives. For the time being, stay strong and keep fighting the good fight.